Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So let's talk paper scissors. In the previous episode, we met Kate Hunter, who shared how she entered into the world of Lego, the ways she reimagines her favorite famous art pieces in Lego Mosaic, and how she's paving the way for future female art and Lego enthusiasts to follow their passions and never settle. She also discussed the importance of working on creative projects that are meaningful to her. And today's guest agrees. And that was hard, definitely hard. It, it crushed me for a while. And so when I saw that, I was like, yes, like I'm definitely getting back into art. This is happening. I need this, like I need this for me. And so she signifies like me owning, you know, that it's okay to have anxiety sometimes and it's okay to have, you know, struggles and, you know, you will reemerge at, at a point in your life when you feel like you're ready to. So that was quite personal, but then also focuses on the sentience of non-human beings, um, which as a vegan, <laughs> I kind of like resonated with. Allow me to introduce you to today's guest, Erin Sass. Erin is currently in her final year of the mechanical engineering undergraduate program at McGill University in Montreal. She has done freelance and extracurricular graphic design and illustration work for WebMD and several McGill student-run publications and committees, including The Bull and Bear, On the Table Magazine, McGill's Chapter of Nob, and The McGill Tribune. Erin has interned in product development at Canadian Tire over the past two summers, which has reinforced her interest in digital and physical product design. She is now transitioning into the exciting field of user experience, UX design, to apply her artistic talents to creating functional solutions for people's everyday problems. Erin's hobbies include playing piano, plant-based cooking and baking, dancing Zumba, sewing, and listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. In our conversation, Erin and I discuss the way she uses the app Procreate to add layers and texture to create realistic digital paper creations, how her future will ideally include a blend of engineering and design, as well as learn the subject matter that fuels her. So I'm 22, I'm from Toronto, and I'm in my final year of my undergraduate program in mechanical engineering at McGill University, Montreal. Um, I love to do freelance illustration and graphic design in my spare time. And I'm hoping to pursue a career in industrial design in the future. Fantastic. So I, I can't remember how I came across your work on Instagram, but I'm so glad that I did. And I just was wondering, could you kind of give us a little bit of insight or how would you describe your digital paper cutting style of art? Sure. So I've always been fascinated by actual paper cutting. Um, it looks, you know, very dimensional and looks very tangible. And I love the 
uh, layers. So I decided I'd try to achieve that effect, but fully digitally, and it's very transportable. <laughs> um, and I do that through utilizing texture and shading um, and just different colors and layers. And so how did you find out this, this style? Like, did you, were you able to kind of troubleshoot it yourself or did you look for places online, people who were doing similar things and trying to learn from them? So the main source of my kind of education, like of how to do it digitally was looking at, um, as I've said, just kind of real paper cutting, but then, you know, looking how the shading kind of falls and trying to achieve that in the app Procreate where I illustrate. And then also I did initially come across one uh, tutorial on YouTube. I can't remember the details, but it was very basic about kind of, you know, drawing shapes and then moving all of the shading in one direction so that it looks just like built up layers. Um, but I don't recall that they used any kind of textures and stuff. And I incorporated that as well so that it would look even more like real paper cutting because my goal is that, you know, ideally maybe you wouldn't be able to tell if it was digital or um, actual paper. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't when I <laughs> saw your art at first. I kind of then dug in a little deeper and went, oh, this is all like a digital file. It's not actual paper cut. So you have certainly achieved that goal. That it, it's it's awesome. It's amazing. Thanks. And I also wanted to ask you, so you mentioned you use Procreate and we have a lot of tech savvy kind of listeners out there. So perhaps can you describe some of the ways in which you use Procreate to achieve these, these paper cutting techniques? I know you mentioned uh, texture and shading, but any specific tools or, or other techniques? I guess my main tip there would be, I use a lot of layers. I think Procreate was built in a similar style to some of Adobe's programs like Photoshop. And so they incorporate this layer function and I like to keep everything separated by layers. So it's easier to go back in and edit small details if need be, which I do quite often. It's like a back and forth of, you know, how I usually create a piece is I'll start with the solid shapes and then I add in, you know, texture and then I do other layers for shading. And then you have to move the shading around. Um, and then even sometimes I'll go back in and like, draw in highlighted parts on the very edge of the shapes. So it looks even more, you know, shaded. And, um, but yeah, my main tip, I mean, I'm learning new stuff on Procreate every day myself. There's new like tools that I'll find. It's just, there's so many functions and I um, usually stick to the same few now that I'm doing the same kind of style, but I, um, yeah, I would just suggest, you know, like really trying things out and, layers layers would be my biggest tip so what does your creative process look like from start to finish of a given piece what does that creative process walk us through that if, if you don't mind sure um I'd say inspiration usually comes from browsing Instagram you know other artists whom I follow um Pinterest or even just out in the world out in nature like seeing things and I like to screenshot a lot, um, which reminds me of the book, Steal Like an Artist. Um, you know, I really just kind of have huge folders of lots of color palette inspiration and image inspiration. And then I, um, I usually, I don't tend to sketch things out. I'll kind of just start drawing the shapes. And then uh, color, I sort of work out later on. So I kind of do like just any, they usually look horrendous in the beginning, but just any basic colors to get the shapes down. 
And then I do, you know, the texture and shading. And yeah, I tend to, I usually like add in things later on after the whole thing's done or I'll take things out. And then after the whole image is done, I'll sharpen it even more on just my phone um, in the photos app. I just make sure it kind of looks very like sharp and textured. Now you mentioned you're currently finishing up your degree in mechanical engineering. So I'm really curious to know how for you does one discipline, so engineering in this case, influence your work and or your process in the other discipline, so illustration. How do the two kind of work together, do you think? I'm not sure how much overlap there usually is for me. I think it's kind of like that left brain, right brain dichotomy where, um, you know, the engineering is very technical and analytical. But I uh, am hoping that, you know, maybe in industrial design down the road, it would incorporate that technical know-how with, you know, more of a creative um, side. So just, you know, focusing on the form and function aspects of a product. Um, that's what I would like to do eventually, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like such a neat marrying of interest and skill sets. And I think it, it sounds like the, the perfect harmony for you <laughs> of those <Right>. two worlds. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite project to date? My favorite has been, my favorite piece has been one called Slow Motion, where motion is spelled like M dash ocean, like the sea. Um, I like wordplay in my captions as well, <laughs> but that was just a personal, uh, project and illustration, but it was based on, um, or inspired by the documentary, my octopus teacher. It was filmed in South Africa, which is where my family is from. So that was quite personal, but then also focuses on the sentience of non-human beings, um, which as a vegan, <laughs> I kind of like resonated with. And yeah, I just like the, it's supposed to be kind of abstract, but maybe look like water or like if you're under, you know, the surface of the water and looking up because it kind of gets lighter on the lower layers. And yeah, I just love the color palette of that one. I liked how it's the first time I kind of, I know I have these like flowy shapes, but it's the first time I kind of like overlapped them where some parts were like, it was kind of confusing as to what was on top. Cause I would, you know, put them like all jumbled. My Octopus Teacher was such a good documentary, wasn't it? Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. So nice. I loved it. Now, I'm curious to know how how long does a piece like that take you from start to finish? I think that one probably took two hours overall. I did it actually, I can remember, <laughs> before a Sunday morning trip to Costco with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, some days I just like, you feel it and you just like know what you're going to do, which is the best. Cause you can just like, you have it. It's like I had in my head and then it's just kind of getting it down on paper, so to speak. Yeah. I love those days when the, the I, creative ideas flow and it just, it's like, yeah, that the pen or the stylus or whatever you're using is just kind of like the conduit for making this magic happen. And it just works. Right. <laughs> those are my favorite days too. So I have a final question for you, which is, and perhaps you've answered this or alluded to this already a little bit, but what does the future of your artistic practice or your illustration work look like? And kind of in a perfect world without any constraints, what would that ideal world look like in 10 years time? I am already doing, you know, freelance illustration and graphic design, 
uh, extracurricularly at McGill, also just externally with, I've worked with a couple of companies and then through my summer internships, I've also been able to um, incorporate more designy kind of things into my more technical jobs. But, um, you know, hoping to get involved in more editorial work or commercial, you know, advertising kind of projects, um, maybe even like children's book illustration, music festival poster. I'm really like open to anything uh, on the illustration side and graphic design side. Um, but then, yeah, as I said, in terms of industrial design, I'd love to get to a point where I'm designing my own like high functioning, eco-friendly, like homeware, maybe kitchenware. I really like to bake and cook. Um, but yeah, it just focuses on, you know, sustainability. I'd love to be involved in some kind of charitable aspect there too. And yeah, just trying to, as you said, you know, marry both kind of sides, the technical and the design. It sounds like you have a very bright future ahead and <laughs> yeah, a very kind of, uh, incredible landscape open to you in terms of what you can do and with you can take these skills the technical skills and the artistic skills and kind of run with them so I wish you all the best of luck sounds incredible yes thank you so much and thank you for having me it's uh it's been a pleasure thank you Among many insights gained, Erin reminds us about the importance of getting into a flow state, carving out time to create when inspiration strikes. In the next episode, we meet Catherine, a watercolor artist who shares Erin's feelings about blocking off time to achieve a rhythm in order to do her best creative work. I don't know, some days I just like, you feel it and you just like know what you're going to do, which is the best because you can just like, you have it, it's like I had in my head and then it's just kind of getting it down on paper, so to speak. And I usually end up having to put my phone aside, turn off notifications, like just ignore everybody. Because when you're painting and you're in the groove, like you, it, you can't keep stopping. Like it just, it doesn't work. Stay tuned. <laughs>